Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we are continuing in The Last Argument of Kings. We're about two-thirds of the way through. The chapter that we've stopped at is called Tomorrow's Hero. That is where spoilers end, but I have to get us warmed up. Okay. And I don't I don't remember if I've said this on on the pod before, but uh your boy's getting married soon. Congrats, Luke. I'm just not <laughs> hearing about it. Surprisingly it's <laughs> just not hearing about it, yes. And this weekend mm-hmm. uh I had kind of like a mini bachelor party. I forget if I told you this ahead of time, Dan. But oh. I had a I had a little I had a little bachelor party without my my groomsmen because I only had it with the people that live in the city that I currently live in. Right. Dan wasn't invited because Dan gets a little too Dan. wild. <laughs> That's right. As you can as you would expect, Dan gets too wild. They call me the bloody nine. <laughs> anyway, one of the activities that we did was whiskey tasting. Um okay because i feel like it's a it's a it's a classic like i don't know bachelor party thing to do what i'm learning actually is the 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 male getting married the the male side of getting married is very stereotypical and it is like very outdated in the things that you're supposed to do yeah i mean that's Um, very like sigma grind set peaky blinders to go for like were you all wearing your like suspenders and suit suit coats and not not this time i i do i do wish that we had i i didn't know exactly what we were doing ahead of time so i didn't come that prepared Mm -hmm. um but i okay so the whiskey tasting was very fun Mm -hmm. i think just generally okay because it was like, I don't know, we were, you know, it was a group of my friends going and doing something. Yeah. It's the main reason it was fun, right? Of course, yeah. I do not understand how people can taste whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what my warm-up is about. Okay, yeah. Because. So you had the best possible like, shot. You just had the best possible shot for it, right? Pun intended, of course. What do you to what taste you to taste the whiskey, right? You just went to the best possible like opportunity right. to see what the hype is about. Right. They gave us a tour. Yeah. At the end of it, we had like a whiskey tasting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we had there a few of their different whiskeys, and they told us like the best way to do it. <laughs> Some of those classic kind of Arizona whiskeys, you know those. Those well-known classic Arizona whiskeys. Right, exactly. And um, it's just like, it's, maybe I'm a bit of a, maybe I'm a bit of a noob mm-hmm. for this. This is probably Which is true. totally fair. Yeah. It is a very high proof alcohol. Yes. Right? It's like 90, 90 something proof. Oh, is that? And so. Oh man, that is high. And so when you take a small sip of it, at least for me, mm-hmm. it's like there's liquid in my mouth and then half a millisecond later, it's like, oh, that's very high concentrated alcohol. <laughs> so like there's you have to have quick enough taste buds to get the taste of it between 
between those two things. <laughs> you're saying your taste buds aren't quick enough. You're saying you yeah. got slow buds. Yeah. I've got slow buds. I long have acknowledged this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, it was just like, I, what am I, what are we doing here? How am I supposed to tell the difference between these whiskeys? Were you drinking them neat or were you drinking them on the rocks? How are they serving them? Neat. Uh, they gave us a little bit, like a little water dropper in case you wanted to dilute it a little bit, which honestly, I conceptually, I understand how that would help. It did not help me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, see, my thing is, <laughs> you know how during COVID we all got into some weird stuff during the lockdown? Yes. I, I was watching Peaky Blinders. The reason I referenced Peaky Blinders at the beginning of this, started watching Peaky Blinders. They're constantly drinking whiskey. And I was like, let's see what this whiskey thing is about. Okay. So during the lockdown, I had like, I went through like three different bottles of bourbon. I chose bourbon and I was like, I'm going to see what these, how these taste different. I'm going to do like a blind taste test and see mm-hmm. which of these is good sure uh whiskey neat sucks i'll be the first to say it <laughs> it's impossible whiskey neat is bad um i think everybody is lying when they say it's they like it i think they're all just it's yeah. a toughness thing it's not anything about whether or not it tastes good it's just like i let me show you how tough i am here watch i'm a big boy <laughs> i'm a big boy and i'm gonna drink my juice and not even have a hard time with it um right now i will say whiskey on the rocks was way better that i could sip so if i had a big ice cube in there that was very good i could do that is this is this a factor of dilution or is it just being cold i think it's two part i think being colder helps and i think the dilution also helps yes okay okay I think so when I'm tasting whiskey, that's like the way I go is on the rocks. If I want, if it like, if it's a nice whiskey that people are like, oh, you got to try this nice whiskey. Now, am I going out and buying a nice whiskey to do this? Absolutely not. No way. I did this experiment. I was like, at the end of the day, I was like, this is the way I can drink it. I will not be drinking it though. (laughs) Okay, sure. Yeah, because I was at this table and... It was it was not just my group, right? There was like another couple of small groups there. Everyone was like, "Oh yeah, I like this one more. This one you can really taste the smokiness, whatever, whatever." whatever. And I was like, "You all are lying to me." <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> yeah, they can though, Luke. That's the thing. They can though. I, they, I will acknowledge my taste buds. In a in a, apparently, in addition to being slow buds are an instrument of of brute force mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. i can tell when things are good and i can tell when things are bad <laughs> but nothing else <laughs> yeah this okay i'm gonna broaden this warm-up just a little bit just a touch uh because i okay. went to a wine tasting like uh maybe a month ago maybe a month or two ago and okay. i always feel bad at tastings because I can taste things, and yeah, like you're. I think I'm in the same boat as you. I can taste things and be like, "This is good," or "This is not good." But people are like, "Oh yeah, this is from the this region of Italy," and you can really tell the like 
these notes coming through the wine. And I'm just like, that tasted pretty good. I don't have anything else to say aside from I like that one. Uh, right. And if I'm quiet, it means I didn't like that one. But I'm not sitting over here like, oh, yeah, I really taste the like earthiness of this one. I really taste the yeah. like fungally funk of this. I don't I don't know what that is. I don't know any of that. Right. Here's the thing. I actually I'm I'm not like making fun of people that can do this. Because I I do believe that people can do this, Absolutely. and if you can, I I can see why that's very fun and interesting. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting any of it. <laughs> Luke and I are colorblind, the colorblind equivalent of taste, where we're just like, oh yeah, this is a drink. This is a good drink. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but but. Whiskey, I'm even worse with, just because of the alcohol content is way, way too high. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I wonder if it's a technique issue. How are you drinking these? I don't even understand the question, honestly. What do you mean? Well, I'm drinking them. <laughs> you remember? Do you remember when we were with our chemistry professor that one time in San Diego, and she took us to a tequila bar, and yes like bought us some nice tequila and i don't remember who was with us but they they shot it out of the glass and our professor was like oh no you're not this isn't a frat party you're not supposed to shoot it you like right actually are supposed to taste this tequila right so that's what i mean tell me about your technique what's what's no it was very small sips okay small sips very small sips um and you obviously do a little. You obviously do a little sniff first. Oh, you do a sniff. That's harsh. That's kind of harsh on your nose a little bit, huh? A little harsh on the nose. Um, I did a couple experiments where I was like, okay, should I like save, like hold this, yeah, in my mouth and mm-hmm. swish it around a little bit, mm-hmm. or should I drink it quickly? Mm. The small sip still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of them really helped, honestly. Mm. Did you try asking for a little bit of Coke? Mm. I, sorry, I mean, I mean, like the drink, not like a, like Coca Cola. Yeah, we're like talking about. exactly. Like to yeah, we should clarify because you were at a bachelor party, so we do need to clarify which one of those we're talking about. Correct. Um, I didn't, but that might have been the move is to be like, hey, you know, I love to do a whiskey tasting with just a little bit of Coke. Can I get a little can? A little bit of can I get a little can? It accentuates the flavor, I think. It really brings usually. out the it really brings out the coke notes of the whiskey that it's I. It's like love. when you salt when you add salt to a dish. Very similar concept. Yeah, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. It's like asking for pepper. Only in this case, it's Dr. Pepper, and you're like, "Can I get a little <laughs> bit?" To just really bring out those Dr. Pepper notes of this whiskey, because I'd love to get That's more what I'll do. Dr. Pepper notes. Yeah, I think I'll go back maybe this weekend and ask to just try again with some, with some Coca Cola. And you know what? Bring you can bring your own little can too. Oh, for sure. If yeah. they they bring out the whiskeys and you're like, you know what? I would have asked, but I came prepared, and you just put your little can, put a little can down. I'm like, uh, I brought diet Diet Coke is actually more of a tasting Coke, so I brought that. <laughs> right, because the the fact that it's zero calories means you can taste a lot more without filling up exactly yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> smart okay we got <laughs> anyway um let's get to the book i'm sure there's tons of people in uh i bet bios would love a good whiskey 
God, Bias would love a good whiskey. What a freaking tool. <laughs> so, so let's get into last argument of Kings. We've read about two thirds of the way through. Um, let's see. What do we want? What do we want to talk about? I first? think I things think are looking rough. Things are looking rough all over the place. I think it makes sense to divide our attention into areas, like geographical okay. areas. Does that make? Does that work for you? I think so. I feel like starting at the north might be the. Move. I would love to start at the north. Okay. My my first note in the north, Luke, at the beginning of this section is just. Logan is intimidating as hell. I forgot how intimidating Logan is when he gets around the other North folk. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah. I don't know if we've even seen him around the other North men until this moment. I think this. I think that's true. Yeah. He is scary. He's scared me <laughs> so much, Logan. Like even even without even before he gets into his like crazy alter before he hulks out before he gets like hulk mr hyde and becomes Mm -hmm. the bloody nine he is just so scary for all these people yeah yeah like just there are some moments in here where it is where it's not even like he thinks what he's saying is how he feels he just is like what's the most intimidating thing i could say right now like there should be a lot of killing today as like thousands of people are out on the field in front of you and everyone's scared and like pissing their pants and he's up there like i'm gonna kill a lot of folks today and like he doesn't even necessarily believe that he wakes up every day and is like oh i'm still alive but out like outwardly to everyone else he's like yeah i'm a murder machine i will i will (laughs) kill everything i will i will try and kill the rocks i'll try and kill all the rocks around here if i could right yeah and I mean, just even just like the interactions and the way that he carries himself, I feel like it doesn't it's not even necessarily the words that he says, although that too. But just like Black Dow would come up and say something to him. Right. And I don't know. I <laughs> This might be a weird thing to say because we're reading it. Yeah. But the tone of voice that I imagine him using is so intimidating. Right. He's described as having like no inflection, just like the cold, yeah. most deadpan possible with eyes that are like predator eyes with eyes that are just like <laughs> the corpse. No, no, they're corpse like he's described as being like dead inside, but saying things that are horrifying, saying things that are just <laughs> like, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. It's a very different Logan, like we said last episode. Mm-hmm. Very, the Logan that went on the trip that we saw that was that was buddies with Jezel and the crew. I think it's a better Logan. Oh, I think it's a more interesting Logan. Okay, okay. I like road trip Logan so much more. No, that's what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah, road yeah, trip yeah, yeah. Logan is better. Road trip Logan yeah, is yeah. is more likable. I will say this Logan is pretty interesting. <laughs> he's a yes. bad boy, you know. Yes. He's kind of a bad boy. He is. He's definitely a bad boy for <laughs> sure. Um, like a child murdering it's funny bad because, boy, right? <laughs> right. That's the bad kind of bad boy. I feel like he has. 
maybe similar if you were to ask logan for advice in both of these circumstances the advice might be similar but he's just much better at giving it when he's when he's on the road trip i feel like oh do you know what i mean like he has the same sayings Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like you hear the northman repeating it kind of as a little inside joke like yeah this is what logan always says and it just like feels so much worse than it did when he was like talking to to Jezel, for example. Right, like, like the fear of something's worse than just doing it. Whereas when he's talking to Jezel, like, he's like, "You got to just ask her out, dude." The fear of it is worse than the actual doing of it. And when he's talking to the North, when he's like, "Yeah, we got to just kill everybody. We got to just start this <laughs> right. battle so I can get to murdering." Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Just overall. I'm with you there. Um, the one that particularly gets me is when he's like, can never have too many knives. Can never have too many knives, right? And he's like saying that a lot. He's saying that a lot. And then, oh no, Tull. Tull? <laughs> what did you do to Tull? Don't. Uh, yeah. Maybe let's get the knives away from you. Maybe maybe that was one too many knives you had, Logan, because you like murdered the only dude who is friendly to you. You murdered like your one of your best friends because you just had a knife and you were like, "Oh, this knife, it goes in his neck. That's where this knife goes." <laughs> right. I have a question actually. Yeah. I can't remember if it's been answered. Do people know <laughs> About his, like, personality change? They have to, right? I would think so. But if it's, like, it's such a unique thing that it would be hard to, it would be hard, it would be hard to, like, because I, I don't, I doubt he's talking about it, right? Yeah, no, definitely not. I think and it would be just so hard, I feel like, for someone observing this to be like, oh, he's now in his like, alt- like, completely separate person. I should like treat this individual much differently. I mean, he transforms in a pretty serious way. Not like physically. There's no physical change, but his whole vibe is so different when he's the bloody nine. Yes. For sure. And so, like, I imagine anybody looking knows what's going on. And I also imagine they see the Bloody Nine as more who this person is. And Logan is just, like, the shell waiting for the Bloody Nine to emerge. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's kind of Logan's vibe While the, when the Bloody Nine is not active. is He's kind of very quiet, very reserved, and, like, doesn't he doesn't seem to do a whole lot. Um, yeah, he's just intimidating and the, the threat that they're all worried about, the thing that keeps everybody paying attention to him is not his fighting because yeah, he's a good fighter, but he's not like outstanding. Like he's not dancing around people. He's getting shoved in the mud and like, he's not that good. Um, but when the bloody nine comes out. He just destroys everyone. He just destroys literally right. everyone. And it's like 
that is the threat that's always behind Logan. That's the threat that's always there. It's not that he is a good fighter. It's this other thing is going to come out that will just destroy you and everyone else. Everybody, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good point. But I think get the knives away. Yeah. Maybe maybe one less <laughs> knife. Maybe one less life knife for Logan is a good idea. <laughs> right. Yeah, especially in especially in like warlike settings. Yeah. Cuz anytime anytime there's a chance that the that the bloody knights coming out, you don't want any knives nearby. No. And I guess apparently you just don't want to touch him because if you touch him, you've invited death into your life. <laughs> right. Mm. So so Okay, since we're since we're still talking about Logan and, and the Bloody Nine, what are your thoughts on the challenge and the fight? I thought it was I thought it was insane. Because here's why I thought it was insane. Logan and the Bloody Nine are like powerful, right? Yeah. This thing that they were facing is like a demon. Like a literal demon. That has like right. invulnerability powers. The Bloody Nine is just like a Mr. Hyde alter ego that comes out. Right. Like, pre- like presumably he still has the amount of strength and speed that Logan technically has. Yeah, and I think we could even double it. Let's even say he's like twice as strong and twice as fast. He's just a fast, strong guy. Whereas, and maybe he's even really good at fighting. This guy is like an ancient, invulnerable giant who like helped, like who helped bring down an empire who was like carved on by Glustrod himself. This is like a, as close as any of these things can get to like being a god. This is like Hercules walking around. Yeah. And the Bloody Nine just fucking killed him. The Bloody Nine is so powerful. (laughs) Yes, this is true. I was going to wonder. So we hear very briefly from from Colonel West or whatever his new position is. When he when he like pulls a little piece off of uh, Mm -hmm. the feared's like armor mm-hmm. he's like oh something about how seriously they take the rules of these challenges mm-hmm. okay like this dude is coming in and he is nine feet tall <laughs> and invulnerable like you saw logan chop his skull yeah and he like twisted it around a little bit and then just pulled it out yeah that's cheating. <laughs> I agree. No, I'm so- <laughs> I totally agree I'm with sorry. you here. <laughs> you can't do that. That's not fair. <laughs> Honestly, everybody should be like, okay, well, you can't use this dude as your as your champion. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I agree with you here, a hundred percent. This is cheating. As soon as he puts his as his sword into the guy's head and he doesn't die. I think everybody in the circle needs to take a step back and see like, 
why are we even doing this challenge? Like, what is the point of this? Because if this guy can't even die, there's no... what. Like, stop. It's over. We don't need to do this anymore. <laughs> they won. Right. So, like, let's just... It needs, it needs, at this point, it needs to be like a fencing contest. Something that is not... Like, the end cannot be death if this guy basically can't die. Right. Right. Now, we did see that it turns out, in fact, this guy could die and the bloody nine apparently can't die because right in the like ranking of invulnerability the bloody nine seems to be at the top right now we have yes we have guy who's jealous of achilles and then the bloody nine yes in the north let's say in the north yeah yeah um right because you know achilles achilles got dipped the whole way but this guy only got half he only got half dipped ah I see. That's why he's jealous. Because, like, come on. Okay. I get it now. Why didn't you? Do, why didn't he do the whole thing? At least give me, like, a he's pinky got toe. He's got armor for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Weird armor that only covers half of his body. So that the freaking it's bloody... It's a vibe, nine, Dan. Yeah, It's but, a vibe. But then the bloody nine could just do the thing he did, where he just stabbed the sword all the way through one half, and he's like, oh, I'll just keep pushing. We'll get to the gooey <laughs> bits eventually. <laughs> Right. It's like, don't give me any um, gooey bits. No gooey bits, please. This is true. Also, mm. I found a weakness, Luke. I found a weakness okay. of his little magic abilities. Cut his hand off and then throw it. Oh, go get it. Oh, it's outside the circle of, of shields. Guess you're down a hand. Time to just cut you up mm. into pieces and throw them outside the circle. This is a good. This is a good point. Yeah. Because he's going to be less, because he thinks he's invulnerable, yeah. right? He's going to be less careful, and he doesn't have armor on that side. Uh-huh. Sure, yeah. Just cut them all up. Cut them all up. I think, yeah, that'd help, for sure. It'd help, certainly. <laughs> Dude, it's like, it'd be like the Monty Python situation. Right. Yeah, it's just a flesh wound, but also, it's a pretty bad flesh wound, bud. Pretty bad flesh wound, Yeah. Um, the last thing that I have from the North is the, the like union soldiers will often talk about the Northerners as barbarians. Yes. And I feel like a lot of the time when I read something like this, it's like, you know, the like more formal group will call another group barbarians, but they're like you actually are getting their side of things and they're like really cool. And so they're not, you wouldn't consider them barbarians Mm -hmm. in this case, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Completely fair to call them barbarians. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the big reasons for this. Okay. Yeah. Tell me more. Or, or one of the big examples I should say. Yeah. The crazy hillman guy. Yes. Kramak, whatever. Yes. He has assigned... Yes, his children. To his children... Yeah. (laughs) ...the job of cutting arrows out of people. Yeah. And this reasoning for that is, like, it's good work for children because it gets them used to corpses. Yeah. Also, they've got little hands so they can get their hands in there. That's... That's insane. Luke... I will pause us here 
everybody says this guy's insane. Sure. This is like okay. This everybody thinks this guy's crazy. So this is not. I don't think a good representation of the Northmen, because people in the North are like, yeah, this guy's crazy. <laughs> right. But I feel like, uh, I mean, I think still, what we see of the North in general. Hmm. I mean, they have cities with walls, right? Like, this is a city that they just attacked. I think the difference is they're, like, see, they seem to be constantly at war, and the wars seem to be incredibly violent and bloody. Yes. And I think, honestly, Luke, I think a big part of that is the Bloody Nine. I think a lot of these <laughs> massacres that have happened, and Bethod kind of calls him out on his shit where he's like look dude i didn't really want to be the king but you murdered everyone and i had to just keep conquering because i had so many enemies like i couldn't stop so yeah you massacred me to being the king i didn't really want it that much and i think that's a little bit of uh justification i think he was doing a little bit of you know he stayed the king after logan left so like right he was into it. Um, but like the bloody nine has left a legacy of pretty bad murder. True. True. Certainly. Yeah. And I think I, I think I, I kind of disagree with you here that I think this is a good example of the more quote unquote civilized country calling these people barbarians unjustifiably like i think okay just because they have different like political structures where they have chiefs and they sleep outside they are when we see them go to war it is not like throwing rocks and sticks at each other they're like setting up archers they're using tactics it's like formal strategic moves it is like Mm-hmm. It is a practiced art that they are doing, and they're very good at doing war with each other. And the union is also constantly at war with people. So, like, the, just because they sleep outside doesn't mean they're <laughs> barbarians, right? Like, sure, they have a culture and like a, a like storytelling tradition, and like I don't know. I'm sick of it. I think the Northmen are cool as hell. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sure. I mean, I, I I don't disagree that a lot of the Northmen are cool. Um, there is a very different vibe where, like, the Northmen, at least the ones that we are introduced to, are portrayed as, like, extremely competent. Yes. And... um. Some of them are thoughtful, whereas mm-hmm. most of the people in power in the union are like portrayed as extremely incompetent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I see your point a little. Speaking about competency, let's just talk about how the two different organizations pick a ruler. Okay. Because I think this provides an interesting contrast. So we're jumping ahead a little bit, but they. They call for Logan to become their king after he murders Bethod. 
part of it is like, yeah, he just killed an immortal demigod. This dude is like the best. This dude is the best fighter of all time. He's been a chief. He's got the, you know, he's got the experience. He's got the political experience. And he just murdered our last king, who we all didn't like very much. Right. Yeah. All right. Let's make the bloody nine the king. I think this has its own issues and we'll get into them in a second. But on the flip side, <laughs> fucking Jezel. They were like, hey, this dude's a bastard of the old king, <laughs> which we all, which sucked. The old king sucked and we didn't really like him that much. Uh, so we're going to make this guy our king now. This incompetent, stupid idiot king. <laughs> Jezel. King Jezel. Right. Okay. So... On the one hand, I think Logan makes a much better king. Okay. Just okay. in terms of like governing this organization and like actually caring and having the talent to be able to do it, I think Logan is more suited to be a king. I I can see why you say that based on what we know of Logan. But I would like to return you to what we said a few minutes ago, which yeah. is everybody in the North views him as the bloody knot. Correct. First. Yeah. And I think this is where, this is where it becomes a little more tricky. Right. Cause the hell man does say like, Oh yeah, I'm actually cool with you as King because you're going to get everybody. Everybody's just going to be fighting the whole time. You're all just going to kill each other. So good luck. Right. I, I will say, as long as Logan isn't backed into a corner, which a king usually isn't, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> right. right. Okay. Okay. Sure. I mean, I yes. In general, I do think that Logan, as he is for the mo- for most of this series, would be a decent king. Sure. Mm-hmm. I will say if you're if you're focusing more on the method by which they chose him. Yeah. I I don't think it's particularly good and, yeah. and arguably worse than the way that the union does it. Yeah, I mean cuz the union almost voted for a king, which would have been cool. Very democratic, interested right. in that, but they totally didn't. Here's what okay, I think they both did bad then. I'm going to come down on they both did bad. One of them, one of them has a king who is like a murderous psycho that it murdered like half of your friends and like doesn't know friend from foe on the battlefield and just murders indiscriminately. And so now he's the one in charge. And the other one is like (laughs) some random army officer who is supposedly related to this stupid old fat king who was bad. Right. right. Okay. As a com, okay, Luke. Here's a question. You are just a peasant. You're like a common person in these two nations. Mm-hmm. Which king are you? I don't want to say most hype about because I imagine they're not hype about either one. But like least, which king are you the most okay with? Which one would you rather be a peasant under? Honestly, I feel like Jezel. You feel like Jezel. Because as if you're a commoner in the north, you're, you're and you hear that the bloody nine is now king, uh, we're all dead. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. Um, Luke, what about right now, though? Let's say at this point in the story, the Gurkish are at the door. You've got Jezel as oh, your okay. king. You're choosing between Jezel and, and... Let's Yeah, let's say right now you're a peasant in Ardua. You're in the capital. Jezel's your king. Or you're back in the north. You're some peasant who's in that main town, the main city in the north. And you learn the Bloody Nine has just been chosen as king. Which of those two are I you mean... going to be? Yeah, if I'm if I'm just starting a war, I'll take the Bloody Nine on my side. Yeah, but is he on your side, Luke? I don't know. The Bloody Nine is in is. like scary bedtime stories. The Bloody Nine is like literally Shit. a demon, which sidebar might literally be a demon. We should say, uh, correct. There seems to be a little bit of demon influence there, uh, but Bloody Nine is used to like scare children as like a bedtime story. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The boogeyman. Yeah. We elected the boogeyman king. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> right. Uh, so, okay. So, so when you were, when you proposed this, like, line of discussion, I actually thought that you were leaning towards Logan. I mean, I can't tip my hand, Luke. I got to be an objective observer here. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah. Because honestly, I think King Boogeyman would be so tight. I would love to be in a, in a kingdom where the, the Boogeyman is the king. Wouldn't that be so cool? You'd be like, oh, those are the... No, you wouldn't. You would love to read about King Boogeyman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would. You're correct. You would love to read about King Boogeyman from uh, right before you were born. <laughs> this is like, true. Man, that was, that was wild, right? You lived through that? I don't know. That's crazy. My guy is just this weird dumb guy. Doesn't really do much. Oh uh, yeah. Mm. I think I mm, I think it'd be interesting. I'm still I'm still for it. I'd still be a peasant under okay. King Logan. Dan, despite not having a vote, is voting for Logan. Um okay. Do you have more at the north or should we go south? Last thing I want to say in the north. Mm-hmm. Bethod has a witch who has some powers. I should say had a witch who had some powers. Um, right. I feel like... So after that chapter with the circle where they killed the witch, or maybe right before, right around that, we get a chapter with the bankers and they're doing their investing. I feel like you used the witch wrong. I feel like you did a bad job of using this witch. And here's what I mean. Like, this witch has the power to see long distances. They can, like, mm-hmm. power up this super intimidating, scary guy. They can compel people to do whatever they want. Stop fighting a war. Why are you fighting a war? Stop it. Stop fighting. Uh, Just get all the money. Just become <laughs> so rich. Okay, what's what's the what's the mechanism here? All right, like I understand that you're saying that the witch can can do certain things. Okay, you bring the witch into the bank, literally any bank, and you're like, hey, have them sign over a lot of money to me right now. And she's like, okay, done. So then you get a big startup 
funds you get some you get some you know whatever that's you get an angel investor or whatever you get a bunch of startup mm-hmm. money and then you're just like making investments on stuff that's going well or poorly you get the witch to sit up in a tower all day and be like oh yeah that grain shipment it's not coming in on time you should bet against <laughs> it you should short that grain right now short that grain i love that you're imagining this as a modern day like stock exchange um, i mean there's literally no reason why you couldn't do that in the old times right people did this like merchants invested in things all the time sure yeah (laughs) yes um this is interesting though because i do agree that if you're looking if if you're if you're someone whose ambition is like mostly around gaining and holding power Mm-hmm. I do think if you're in the union, money just getting a bunch of money is like a surefire way, right? Yeah, to do that. I'm honestly not sure if it is in the north. Mm. I mean, okay, it for sure is because Logan's like, hey, do we have any gold? Because we could just pay these folks to go fight to go fight with us in the south. Mm. And yeah, there is concern if the gold will be enough once they get down there but like people there still care about gold people there are still like yeah you pay me with money i'll do stuff right and like there are other nations that you can use money to have significant influence over like these bankers who are in the union are very powerful and we don't know where their limits like they aren't bound by a country Maybe they're in the Gurkish <laughs> Empire too, and they're just like living it up over there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do, I do think that if you have someone with like magical powers, and like seemingly not many people do, like this is a very low magic universe. I feel like mm-hmm. just using them to like power up, power up one of your boys is is kind of low low on the list of what I'm trying to do with them. Right. Right. And it, I mean, it does also seem like they use the witch to get the Shanka to fight, Mm -hmm. which is pretty powerful. Pretty good. Hey, maybe instead you start a little factory with the Shanka. Okay. Maybe you do a little (laughs) sweatshop. Okay. Not saying it's ethical. However, certainly not. That's a maybe think of different modes of power other than just like yeah, I'll slice you up. Right. Slicing up only goes so far. Money. Money will take you a lot of places, Bethod. That's that's true. That's true. It's a lesson for you, Bethod. You need one. Mm. Well, not anymore cuz back to the mud. Right. But. <laughs> Right. Okay. Let's get out of the north. Okay. Let's go south, um, where Jezel is now king, mm-hmm. and the Gurkish have invaded. <laughs> Which we all saw coming. <laughs> right. Okay. First off, I want to say, if you're like one of these closed council advisors, Mm-hmm. And your whole strategy around the king 
is like I want to pick a weak king because then I can, you know, really be the one that rules. It's a very risky strategy of like like keeping that form of government if you want to be someone on the council because like at any moment if Jezel actually wanted to and like got the I don't know I don't think courage is the right word but like got the motivation or whatever to just be like hey like I'm not going to listen to my closed council anymore and you guys all suck and you're going to the to be interrogated (laughs) like he could do that. Like counting on just a weak king, yeah. I feel like is so risky as a like high up advisor. Yes, it for sure is. I will say he that was not plan A. Plan A was Salt was like, I want to be the one. I want to be the king. Right. And yeah. so there this is their this is very much their plan B. Um, I agree with you. It's, it's a terrible position. It's like a really bad, um, because yeah, we do see him kind of pop off and be like, you know what? Actually, I'm done. I get to do whatever I want. I'm the king. So fuck you. I'm doing it. Um, and he, cause yeah, at any time he could be like, guess what? My new friend Glockta. He is the one in charge, Salt, and you are going to go sign a confession. Bye. Right. Just any time. Literally any time. So the, so, so I think where I actually originally was going for that is that I feel like Morovia yeah. is kind of pushing for a, a, a like different form of government mm-hmm. that is like a little bit less precarious for them. See, Luke, ah, the issue, though, is the issue with that, Luke, is that that's treason, though. Mm. Mm. Okay. You're basically doing a treason when you do that. So you got to respect the king. That's true. Got to. Always. It's a good point. Yeah. And, like, I'm I'm not just, you know, I don't want to be like a tattletale, but I did have to tell Glockta about that, Luke. That you were just advocating for a treason? (laughs) The other thing is, and we don't have to talk about this for long because I feel like we have before. uh, Sometimes the Inquisition is just like too much. Yeah. The scene with the Uh, dentist guy. How are you going to do your dentist like that, Glockta? It's just like everything about it was just so like demoralizing yeah it's like i don't want to i don't want to do this anymore yeah <laughs> i don't want to hear about glockta doing things about his bucket of anymore. teeth and it's like we're collecting confessions from this guy and he has to name two people and so we're just going to get more even though we know that they're all just like doing that because we're torturing them until they yeah. do it it's yeah. Like, oh my God. Can we not? <laughs> right. Yeah. When you peek behind the just like machinery of it all, the just machinery of like churning through these people for these pieces of paper that don't mean anything, it's right. It's horrifying. It sucks so bad to just be like, yeah, I've done a hundred of these today. I gotta just get through the next one. You know, another day, another tooth, or whatever. Another day, right. another molar. Uh, and it's like. 
this sucks that this exists. And that's Salt's whole it's deal. Like, Can you imagine that being your whole deal, Luke? Where your whole deal is like, yeah, I get the quote-unquote truth out of people. It doesn't really, like, we all know it's not really the truth. I just run a shady torture organization that you don't want to be on the bad side of. Like, how... Morovia at least has like a good motive. Like everybody else on the small council, it's like, oh yeah, this is an important role and we need this. And Salt's just like, yeah, I do the torture. That's just all I do. I don't get the truth. I just do the torture. I honestly don't even get like mechanically how, how, like how this even works. So, so Glockta the reason that he's doing this particular example, right? Yeah. That he gives is like, we need to do this to like seem like we're doing, making progress yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And like, I I don't think that's for Salt because right, Salt comes in and is like, hey dude, like I gave you these other two tasks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it for like, salt to bring to the council i think so it's for salt to bring to the council and the king to be like look i'm doing something for the war i guess because they're not really you know the they're not really under review it's not like the ratings agencies are paying too close attention to the grades of these confessions that they're getting they're just like oh yeah triple a these all these confessions triple a gold star right but like if it's if 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 salt goes to a council meeting yeah right he's like the second or one of the most powerful people on the council uh-huh. right it's basically him versus morovia yeah and everyone else plays or is like you know behind them just like the amount of confessions that you're <laughs> that you're saying that you have gotten is like i don't know it's too high you're it saying it's even too high relevant. It doesn't even seem like, oh, we we got 200 for this versus like, yeah, we found like five. Those are the same number in this in this case, honestly, I feel like. Yeah, I think the issue is they've gone too deep. Whereas like when this whole thing started, it was like, I imagine this whole thing started with the Inquisition where there maybe there was a real threat of some subversive government thing going on they had to weed it out they were like hey we investigated into foreign actors in our government we did find a couple we're going to continue the investigation to make sure that we didn't miss any but you know we'll keep you posted and the next time they show up and the king's like hey did you find any more of those agents in my government and the salt's like uh oh not yet not yet. I think we may have gotten them all. And as soon as he said that, the king's like, oh, all right. And he's like about to sign the decree that says, okay, we don't need the Patriot Act. I mean, we don't need the salt anymore because um, we found them all. And salt's like, wait, uh, give me one more week. I'll see if I can find anybody else. And then he comes back and he's like, this time we found five. And the king's like, oh, We'll keep digging, sir. And then it just escalated, right? He was like, he had to keep, mm-hmm. he had to come up with bigger numbers because he had to be like, look, you got to keep this commission running. Right. And at th- and I mean, at this point, it's just like, it doesn't even matter anymore. I don't think there's n- 
you're, you're right. There's like no review. Yeah, there's no. She's like, yeah, the Inquisition is like part of the government. Right. And it's like, it's like, a, it's kind of like a positive feedback loop, right? Where the more people you find and get confessions of, the more you're going to be like, oh yeah, keep doing that. You've, oh my gosh, you found so many terrible actors in our government. We need you. We need you. Right. This might be, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, you feel free to reel me back on this. Okay. I said earlier, and I kind of stand by it, that a lot of the union seems to be characterized by incompetence. Yes. I feel like now that I think about it more, like 90% of this is driven by salt. Of the incompetence? Of just like the futility of the union's stuff. Ooh. Oh. Because like, actually, if I think about this more... Huh. It's not. Like, the Union's kind of, like, a well-oiled machine, actually. Okay, speak more to this, Luke, because I think you might be onto something here. So, like, I mean, the economy seems to be doing quite well. I mean, it's like a feudal system, of course, so we're not talking about, like, you know, good for the normal person. But, like, people are very rich, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there don't seem to be really any issues beyond the two wars that they are facing. Any issues for the people that we're talking about? Yes, yes. And even like Jezel thought his posting was going to be chill. Jezel was like, oh yeah, right. I'm a military person, but like, I'm going to be good. Like, this is a good job. Right. And like, this is a very unique situation in which they are being attacked by both like kingdoms on both sides of them uh-huh and like they repel the north and currently obviously we see them getting like crushed by the gurkish but honestly like if they hadn't been attacked by the north maybe that doesn't happen Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and we also see morovia like actively engaging with the politics of the time right like morovia is like hey look our peasantry isn't too excited about the system let's try these reforms to maybe keep this thing working properly like how about some reforms right um we've got a okay system let's just like improve it a little bit and salt is just like no right salt is the one preventing this yeah Ooh. So so Salt is preventing preventing these reforms and he's also responsible for the just like possibility and likelihood of large groups of people being brought for torture for no reason. He's not okay. Dude, I agree with you 100%. Salt is the cancer in this whole union. He's not even a good inquisitor, right? He's kind of like the domestic like spy coordinator, right? He's responsible for gathering intelligence, right? Okay. Glockta literally showed up and was like, hey, I heard from a reliable source that the Gurkish are going to come attack. Salt's like, nah. Salt's like, fuck <laughs> off with that noise. Tell me more about the king. And then guess what? A fucking week later, the Gurkish attack <laughs> and Salt's out here like, oh no, that was my job. Oh, no, I was supposed to say that they were going to attack when I heard the tip that they were going to attack. 
Oh no. Right. So, so I don't know throughout this whole series, I have had the feeling that the union like just kind of sucks and is going to fall apart. But now, now my, my, my thesis to you is that it is entirely, or at least a lot of that feeling that I'm having is driven by, by one man. I think this is true. I think the other part of this that we are ignoring, but should recognize is like Polder and the other general in the Northern army were another part of this reason. And now that they've had a marshal to kind of rein them in, things are working much better. Well, I would actually say the marshal before West was also very good. I agree with you. Yes, I agree with you. But when we would see these two fighting, it was like, okay, what is anybody doing? How are we allowing this? So I do agree. I think this is all insult. I think it's time for him to feed the fish with his body. (laughs) Right. As as Glucked always says. Yeah, he needs to be found face down in a canal, I think. Give Glockta a turn. Okay, I don't know. I don't know about that, but sure. Okay. The last thing I want to say is, you know, we see we see the Gurkish come and then we go into the house of the maker and I, f- I forget Ptolemy or, or yeah. something is the name of the maker's daughter who comes back as like a demon. Mm-hmm. And there's two rules. Yep. Two, I guess, laws, I should say. The first one being like, don't make deals with the, with the demons. Yeah. And then the second one being like, don't eat people. Uh-huh. Which are very reasonable, and I don't want to break those rules. However. Okay. A lot to be said for breaking them when you see how powerful everyone gets when they do. Right, right. Like, we see Tolmei, like essentially become immortal and super powerful and the Gurkish are like incredibly powerful as well. Like their hundred words are like they can shape shift and do a bunch of cool magic. Yeah. I actually think Luke Baez just sucks a lot. I think this is what we're noticing is Baez is just a bad wizard because we, this fucking Northern witch, man, I'm cursing a lot this episode, but I'm a little bit hype. <laughs> this witch in the North is like able to control people with her mind and get them to do whatever she wants. She can buff up this warrior. She can see long distances. Meanwhile, Baez just carries around a stick and he's like, oh, where's the seed? I need the seed. It's like, do some magic to impress us, Baez. Right. Baez, I don't get it. Because he's the first of the apprentices. Yeah. Right? Yep. But he seems to be the weakest. Yeah. He... Mm. I feel like he's just... He's just a... He's a political animal. He's old. Right? This is why he was first of the apprentice. Because he was just, like, able to talk his way to be juvens's favorite it's it has nothing to do with like magical ability Baez is the student who 
would always get assigned to do group work and would like convince everyone else he had done a lot of work for the assignment but never did anything in actuality like <laughs> Baez I don't think knows magic I think Baez is like a D plus <laughs> student who has just convinced everyone like he get he got the degree like he got the degree mm-hmm. um he got elected to congress and then he just lied about all of his credentials like he can't actually do magic you know what I mean right yes <laughs> I think that's right. I think that's probably good. Because he's just, he sucks. He just, every other magic user we have seen is cooler than Baez, without exception. Yes, I think that's, I think that's true. Yeah. God, you suck, Baez. (laughs) Speaking of which, Luke, Baez, at the end of the first book, goes into the house of the maker He's like, ah, I got to find that stone. Where's that stone? Is it in here? I don't see it. So as a result, I'm going to go all the way to the literal end of the world and look for it. Right. <laughs> Dude, it was in the fucking chandelier. It was in that giant chandelier thing that's crazy. You didn't you didn't look that close. Okay, Baez, you, you spent like 20 minutes tops in this house and we're like (laughs) i don't see that special rock anywhere so i'm gonna go to the end of the world now i'm gonna take every i'm gonna take my crew on a road trip to the end of the earth because i couldn't smell the rock after being in the house for like a day right he seems to have gone into the house of the maker to look for the to look for the seed and been like the only he's he's gonna have it out. He's it's gonna be obvious, you guys. Yeah, it fucking is, Baez. <laughs> it's gonna be labeled. Why would he not label it? <laughs> and everyone's like, "Hey, what about that crazy sculpture up there with that like weird black stone in the middle of it?" It it seems like everything is being suspended by like cords, except that black stone in the middle seems to be floating by itself Baez is like could that be something Baez is like nah, nah that's just some abstract art bullshit the maker was all into that doesn't mean anything it's stupid but, but help me find this rock big black rock really important this is mm-hmm. really important so He's the worst. He's really bad. Baez sucks, and the fact that he couldn't find this one super powerful rock in the house the first time he was in there just shows how incompetent he is. Yeah. I can't... Yeah. I don't know how anyone fell in love with this guy. No, they didn't. I don't believe it. (sighs) Yeah. This... Yeah. Yeah. This thing with the rock in the house. We're going to need a big turnaround on Baez's character in this last bit. Because otherwise I'm going to be like, why did anyone care about Baez? Why did why did he have as mm. much power as he did? Right. It seems purely an age thing, honestly. Yeah, we like, come on, guys. Let's get let's get beyond age, wisdom, connection. OK, we all know that's bullshit. Right. Right. Get an out get a get a young outsider to shake things up. Shake things up. Maybe eat a few folks and see if that helps. 
<laughs> it very well could. Seems like it might. Seems... Get a little colder in there. It's very hot in most of these rooms. Yeah. They're sweating so yeah. much. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Luke, we're going to see how this whole thing turns out because we're finishing the series next week. Mm-hmm. That's right. I'm looking forward to a little... I'm looking forward to a little Baez. Maybe Baez will do something cool. I would love to see Baez do something cool. Um, what do you think the odds are that Pharaoh and Logan get together? Uh, I think no. That's I'm predicting no. I am... You know what? I'm going to predict yes. I'm going to have a... a dance a dreamer. I would like an optimistic ending. I think it could, there could be a nice optimistic ending to this... <laughs> what am i talking about what am i talking about absolutely not (laughs) absolutely not yeah it's probably not gonna happen okay um yeah well luke regardless we're gonna find out we'll bring the hot takes next week and be the dumb nerds 